A much anticipated guest on Why I Coach. I've had many people telling me to put this guest, uh, put him to the test, grill him as hard as you can. That's Casey Conover. He's the head wrestling coach at Riverside. He also helps out with girls track, among other coaching duties. So, Coach Conover, thanks for taking the time to join me. I guess we'll start with the one your brother suggested. What's it like? How much pressure is there to have to coach under his immense shadow all the time? <laughs> oh, I've been coaching underneath people's shadows my whole life, so it's it's pretty easy. I don't get too worried about it. <laughs> so uh, Riverside, how'd you end up at Riverside? Um, it was just kind of a uh, time throwing the place. Um, I taught uh, eight years at Maple Valley Antonota. And I was pretty happy there and um, uh, teaching, coaching. But unfortunately, my personal life uh, did not uh, go well. Uh, was not like it needed to be because my wife, she was in Des Moines working, and I was in Midtown working. And we were not we were only seeing each other about once every other week. And we said, "Hey, we need to probably start, you know, living together since we're married." So we basically looked at three areas. We said Northeast, Eastern, and Southwest Iowa uh, as areas we want to look at because she's an equine vet. And we said whoever gets the job first, that's the area we'll move to. So Riverside opened up and uh, applied and got the job. And I've been, Kim and I have been here for 12 years now. What was so, the, what was the first, what were your first roles when you came to Oakland? Um, be honest with you, um, it was just mainly teaching. Um, I did have an assistant football job. Um, I did, uh, they did, uh, find an assistant wrestling job for me. I mean, assistant goes track. What about your, uh, start at MVAO? How long were you there? Um, I was there eight years at MVAO. Uh, I taught four, I, I basically taught the same subjects at MVAO as I do now at Riverside. Um, I was assistant coach under Dick Kingsbury, who is a is in the national and Iowa coaches hall of fame. So I learned a lot of great, great things there. And, um, you know, a head coach at NDAO for four years. And unfortunately there's not very many horses in that area. So that's, um, we needed to go to an area where, you know, my wife could run, run a practice. Sure. So, where'd you go to high school, and what were some? Who were some of the coaches that uh, influenced you that maybe got you interested in following, maybe in their path? Uh, I went to Galva Holstein uh, uh, High School. It's Ridgeview now. Uh, I, my whole family uh, is a bunch of teachers and coaches. Um, I had an uncle named Bob Schultz, who is in the girls basketball and girls Iowa softball Hall of Fame. He was a very, very successful coach at Maple Valley uh, back in the 70s, 80s, 90s. Um, Rick Samuelson was my wrestling coach at Galva Holstein. Um, he really kind of opened the door for me and wanted me to um, get me coaching. But I'm the youngest of three brothers, and my my oldest brother is nine years older than me, and Chris is uh, six years older than me. And they were, were coaching uh, – me, also youth, and junior high, and they had some travel ball teams, um, with, uh, baseball teams. They 
they did that. And I really liked being part of it. I was, you know, little travel balls. I was, as a little kid, I was a bat boy and, and you know, basically the manager. And I just had a fun time just, just being part of, part of that atmosphere. Um, but I probably, I've had a lot of great coaches. I got the, uh, Lauren under, um, Bruce Samuelson, uh, Dave Mitchell, who's the head coach at Luther, who's in the National Hall of Fame, Rick Kingsbury, Mitch Anderson, uh, Daryl Frayne, um, actually recently, uh, a guy named Ryan Morningstar, he's the top assistant rushing coach at Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, I've been picking his mind a lot. Uh, Keith Massey, who's just phenomenal here, who's done great things. Um, and, and, uh, the sport of wrestling, um, I just really like talking to coaches and picking their mind about what, what things they're doing well, what things that they like to change. You know, I feel like we as coaches can get better. You know, we have some great coaches here, you know, the man's brothers, Tegan, um, there's so many coaches I can go off. Joe Stevens, there's, there's so many great coaches here. How'd you get linked up with Ryan Morningstar? Uh, Ryan Morningstar uh, shows uh, his hobby is showfits. Mm. Uh, so books for showfits. So um, he kicked my butt at the Iowa State Fair about five years ago. And uh, his books were way better than mine. And so I just went up to him and started talking to him. And um, he, and, uh, he and I have some pigs together now. And we talk quite a bit. Um, kind of fun you know getting to know him he's really really down to earth type of, down to earth guy so what's tougher getting a good pen of three ready for the show ring or getting a wrestling team ready to hit the mat for a big duel <laughs> um i would say wrestling mat for a big duel just because uh the pigs on my stress release i didn't i didn't figure scooping hog manure wouldn't be something that would keep me uh in check you know, as a kid, I was—that I would never ever—I was a farm kid growing up, and I told my dad I would never ever be a farm kid when I leave. And mm. <laughs> I was sure wrong on that. So, <laughs> yeah. I guess so, there's a first for everything. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> so, wrestling is a sport where there's not really any big blueprint. I mean, theoretically, that you know, you get out what you put in, but. How do you go about deciding what your team needs and when your team needs it uh, through the grind of a wrestling season when you plan out your practices? Um, I gauge wrestling into uh, three seasons. Um, and, and I kind of learned this from Dave Mitchell and and uh, Bill, Bill Frayne and um, those guys and Mitch. Are you always, I always like you know, like, I, I always call it like a preseason type of time session so right before right when the season begins in November December that's where we're going to do a lot of focus on technique focus on doing everything at high level high intensity high pace you know we're going to coach them up coach them up coach them up and get them to comfortable where they have their go-to move down and then um, once they have to basically after Christmas that month of January we, I, we call it the grind season we're going to put you in tough situations. We're going to mentally beat you down. We're going to mentally break you. And what are you going to do to uh, respond? Are you going to, how are you going to respond? Are you going to respond positively? Are you going to respond negatively? When you're mentally broken down, when your body's sore, tired, 
what are you going to do? Because you get to the state tournament, you're going to have those tough, those tough mind, mind matches and tough mindsets. And then you, we get into February, and that's the recovery phase. Now we're going to get you your body healed. We're going to get your mind healed. And we're going to make you feeling good for the qualifier uh, when the qualifier comes. So that's kind of how I gauge it. And you always paper things based off of some of the kids. I've, I've learned here 20 years of coaching. You know, every high school kid's different. So you got to always adjust to it. A recent guest I had on brought up the whole uh, phrase of, you know, it's, yeah, you want to be liked, but that's not the coach's job. Is that ever difficult? Or I guess what what do you, when you hear that, you know, that coaches aren't there to be an athlete's friend, what comes to mind for you? Yeah, I I, I always tell kids this, you know, I'm your, I'm your adult figure, you know. I'm not here to be your best friend. I take the advice my dad gave me when I was growing up. Um, my dad said, I'm not here to be your friend. I'm here to be your parent. And you can like me when you get out of school. Um, and you get, uh, you get on your own. And that's what I tell kids, you know. Um, when you get on your own, if you need anything, I'll be there and I'll help you. I'll support you. But my job is to get you prepared for life outside of high school, to be a that good, responsible adult, you know. This past weekend was a classic rodeo, and several of my former students answered to back, and it was just great listening to them and the success story they had and the discipline they've, they've taken through the different sports they played, with either me coaching or another coaching coaching them, and taking what they learned from us and and put it in their life. And it's, it's great seeing that success. Now, I tell all my students this and all my kids this. My goal for you when you leave Riverside uh, is you're going to come back in 10 years or 10 years later and you're going to tell me how much better your life and much more money you're making than, than me. And I think that's, that's what I want to hear. I want to hear you just be so successful. And sometimes and to do that. You can't, you can't be, the, you can't be a friend. You can't be the friend. What's one lesson that maybe you had to learn the hard way in coaching? I'm still trying this a lot. Um, is probably a little bit of empathy. Um, I'm pretty, I call it now old school, where, you know, the kid might be, um, uh, he might actually be injured and not hurt, actually injured and actually bad, you know, hurt, and, um, and, you know, being sympathetic to that, you know, I'm, I'm not very huggy or, touchy person and and uh, I used to tell my wife I apologize for being a bad husband because I'm not big you know you know, hugger type person and that's that's hard for me because I I know I need to be more sympathetic in situations and there's a lot of times I'm just no so let's go 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 get over it you'll be fine that type of thing well, as you were telling us before, you've learned from a lot of uh, just incredible mentors that you've either coached with or had as an athlete um, when you were coming up through the ranks. What's the best coaching advice you've ever received? Uh, best coaching advice I've ever had was from Dave Mitchell at Luther. Uh, when I first started coaching, I came right out of college and I was actually head coach for a year at Westford Sloan. And, you know, he's 
something that my his office and said, you know something, the best thing you could ever learn is learn from all the coaches. You learn, you'll learn, you can pick up so many great things, good things and bad things. Every coach will teach you something, teach you something good or bad. You might look at coach and say, I'm not ever going to do that. I don't like what he's done. And you learn from that. You know, he said, he, and he said, sometimes best, the best learning is just sitting there and listening to people talk and being basically fly on the wall and let them give you the advice that can make you better. Are there some things um, that maybe you, can you give us an example perhaps of things that you have done in the past that you've seen another coach do and realize, I don't want to do that anymore? Well, I think sometimes, uh, and a white coach told me the Kingsbury said, sometimes it's better to keep your mouth shut and not let people know you're a fool than open your mouth and actually let the whole world know you are a fool. And I see that sometimes. I think sometimes you get some coaches talk way too much and they try to one-up each other and they just look like, you know, to me, we're all here trying to, we're all here trying to make every kid better. You know, it's not about, yes, I want to see Riverside be great, but I want to see Southwest Iowa beat the Eastern Iowa schools. I want to see everybody do well. And I, I like that kind of, sometimes I want to say, hey, sometimes it's better just to keep our mouth shut. So let's just listen to these coaches that had success and learn from them and say what you've done. Did you ever consider doing anything other than teaching and coaching, or did you always figure this would be your ticket? Um, I can't paint or build anything, so um, I kind of knew uh, I wanted to teach. My whole family was teaching. Uh, that's why I'm piling summer because I can't paint. I can't. Uh, I can't do any construction stuff. Um, so I had to find something that I had to, do, you know, to make a little extra money, but. I, ever since I was probably four, uh, in fourth grade, I knew I wanted to teach and I wanted to coach because I just liked, being, liked, liked sports so much when I was a little kid. And I still like sports a lot, you know. Um, I, the competitive empire is still in me, so I try to do as much competing as I can still today. Has umpiring changed how you interact with officials when you're on the wrestling mat as a coach? Huge, huge. Yeah, I would. I always laugh because in my younger days, the Kingsbury would and Mitch Anderson would actually grab me by a belt loop and pull me back and sit me down. Uh, Mitch, it was always funny because Mitch would grab me, just grab me, talk, sit me down, and said, "Hey, calm down, Casey, calm down." Um, so it has just uh, being on the other side of that. I have so much more respect for the umpires out there and. And I think me going through that, going through that, um, I think that's why they respect me too, because I do have, even though it's in a different sport, uh, it, uh, it, it does have a respect factor. Now, I would say my oldest brother Clark, he is a D1 college official, wrestling official, um, and he does uh, a college baseball and semi-pro baseball umpiring and. Um, Watching him officiate and seeing that has really opened my eyes to how much, you know, crap you have to go through to be an umpire, you know, that they don't need to have. 
So that passion you've got that had coaches holding you back by the belt loop, I mean, I'm sure you've used that in good ways too. How have you managed that to uh, use that as an asset? Uh, I, I could, yeah. Jim, Jim Brush always tells me to get back, Casey, get back, Casey. Jim Brush always tells me that. And if he watched uh, when Jaden uh, won, uh, won his match to the state, um, I'm pretty sure I was uh, on the mat. Um, Hugging him before he shook hands, and if you lucky, uh, we, we did not get DQ'd. But when our girls won the four by four state championship, me sneaking down into the congratulate them was not the probably the best idea for me to do that since I'm not supposed to be under into that Drake. Um, so I was going to bring that one up. <laughs> the kids, the, luckily I knew the guy. That was funny. It used to be my track coach. So I sweet talked him and allowed me to go. So I, um, family still gives me crap about it today. <laughs> but yeah, I did my own So I'm just glad we did not get, I did not hurt the team for my um, spontaneous reaction, let's just say that. <laughs> you and Coach Jared Hoffman have done a terrific job there with that Riverside Girls Track Program, and the future's looking great, too. I mean, obviously, you've focused a lot more on wrestling so far, but uh, how much enjoyment have you gotten out of your role as assistant girls track coach? I, I just right now, I just I love being a girls track coach. Uh, the girls are phenomenal. Uh, they work hard. Um, it, I like it because it helps teach me how to be coached differently because I have to coach girls a lot differently than I do boys sometimes. Um, sometimes I, I, I treat them like, you know, the boys. Um, but um, I like it just because it's just the style of coaching. But I think right now, girls want to prove it, want to prove something, and that's what I like about really about the girls and seeing the start of the girls' wrestling program. Uh, the girls are out there to prove that hey, we can be just as good as not better than the boys' sport, and they they just have that drive, just to, just to want to succeed. And it's kind of cool to see that in the girls. And they and give perspective like that. So, um, so I uh, like I, I do the mid distance distance, and I get some pretty pretty mentally tough girls. Um, my uh, colleague uh, Henderson, who wrestled for us this year, she's pretty tough, and she's kind of a leader for the mid distance sensors, and she's done a great job kind of pushing those girls. This next question really could apply to either wrestling or track, but what's the toughest workout you've ever put a team through? What was it like at the time uh, in the coach-player relationship? And then once it eventually, hopefully, paid off, did you and your athletes go back and talk about that workout? What was that like then? Um, Brian, my wrestlers, I say every single workout. We're bringing Coach Frain in, helping us out the last year. They probably would say every single practice was tough as nails. Um, our practices in January are really tough. Um, we start two days. Um, uh, in mid-January, we, we run that every single day for four months until the season's over. Um, and... We get them to the breaking point where they're just they just can't move off the mat, and we tell the kids, "You'll see the outcome towards the end of the year." And then the kids did. You know, we were probably on paper the third best team this year at sectionals, 
and we won um, we won sectionals. Now on paper, we're probably the fourth best team at district, and you know I had a state runner up. Um, but you and you know I had a state runner up. Um, but you we saw the success. You know, I go back to like Jet Rose and Russian Fisher, who's a really good wrestler. And Fisher, you know, Ted Fargus, uh, three times. I think maybe Pendus one time, and we we broke him in the third period, and and. And we kept it a, a decent match. You know, Taven Moore coming and being his kid. Um, and I can go a lot more examples like that. But we we say you see the results, you know. And we talked to him ahead of time about it and show it to us. For girls, um, we do a lot of interval running. And it's tough, and we, uh, you know, to do 100 intervals, pace stuff. And we tell these girls, you're going to see the results. You're going to see the results. you got to see Trust the process to the results. And our 4 by 8 team was the 14th fastest time or 12th fastest time we got seventh. Uh, this is med team was the 21st fastest time we got fourth. You know, even our 4 by 4 team was, I think, sixth fastest and we won it. So we always said we just trust the process, trust what we're doing. Um, you know, we've, we've seen the success. You just, you just got to buy into it, believe what we're doing. What's the most nervous moment you've ever had as a coach? Oh, every district inspectioner mm-hmm. and district tracks and anything that's a state qualifier. Um, I didn't, I don't, the, the day of districts, I, I, I won't eat at all. Uh, for wrestling, the day of district track, I won't eat just because that's, that's what we worked everything for and to get to that, to get to state. And knowing that it's out of my hands now. I'm a big time control freak. So knowing I can't do it for them, um, it's very, very hard on me. Does that take a toll on you physically? Um, probably does. Uh might have to ask my wife what that probably <laughs> does. Um I don't sleep much. Uh, I, I tell the kids if I can get about four hours of sleep a night during the school year, I'm doing pretty good because I'm up all the time thinking about what you know, or thinking or worrying about things, um, just because I'm I'm that type of control person, and I there's some things I just can't control. You think most people realize what that's like if they haven't, you know, been in the fire themselves and been a coach? I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, probably on that. Um, I, you know, I, I was never nervous as an athlete. Never nervous at all. I'm way more nervous now as a coach than I, than I was ever competing. What's the feeling like as an athlete winning a big wrestling match compared to seeing one of your own wrestlers get their arm raised in a big match? More emotional. Um, when uh, when I when like we we growing up in school, we we're a really good football team. We play playoffs every year. Um, rushing, well, no, I had success rushing. Our track team was really good. Um, but it was like a lot of hard work and determination, and you're just like let's go, kind of. I'm ready, you know, kick your butt more. Um, for me, now, for as a coach, seeing the kid accomplishes go, it's more emotional. Um, it's, I'm, 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 like, almost like to say I'm a proud dad, you know, seeing the girls do the well they did and see all the tears the girls are having and how they're doing, seeing all the hard work paying off. You know, that, that was emotional for me. Pretty remarkable, uh, 
this past season as a whole with girls track and wrestling but i mean in wrestling uh getting a chance to coach an athlete in the state finals that had to be a thrill and and Jace Rose gave uh, Marcel Lopez a r- sure a run for his money there. Uh, what was that like uh, from the corner for you? Oh, it was fun. It was fun. Um, to me, though, is we, we didn't want to be satisfied. Uh, when we made the finals, um, I immediately got a hold of uh, Coach Frain to Frain ask him, okay, how do we do this routine? You know, you've been here before. What do we need to do? Because, I, because we, you know, we didn't want him to be satisfied just making it. We wanted him to create the try to create the biggest episode, and he rushed his tail off. I mean, didn't quite happen, but I mean, we were proud of. The, he was proud. I was proud of the effort it was. So, I think I I don't know. Uh, I told Jake it was a cool experience. Now it's time to get more people there. So the next week, my focus switched to uh, AU State, where we had a kid in the state finals there. And the final week, we switched right into um, freestyle and retro season. We had several kids doing that and some of the wrestling now going on. So I guess I haven't really took time to reflect on that much, to be honest with you. It's because it's, it's now time to bring the next generation of Riverside kids um, to, that, to that statue. So do you have a certain accomplishment that you would say at this point in your career you're most proud of? Uh, I have several. Uh, when I have several. I can't wait pinpoint one. Just, um, to me, uh, seeing uh, not only the accomplishments they have in school, but outside of school, you know. I talked to a former wrestler of mine who he had a great military career. He's kind of now out. He's making a huge success for himself right now. And to me, that's a huge accomplishment. You know, he, you know, you, you went, he, he was not in the record book. He never made a state, but he made a great life of himself. So I can't really pinpoint, uh, like a great accomplishment because there's so many on and off the mat in and out of school. Well, I'm sure glad you can't paint or build anything because then I wouldn't have gotten to know you as well. <laughs> That's exactly right. I appreciate all the Gatorades you give me. <laughs> uh, welcome to Atlantic. Yeah. Appreciate you up, and so we gotta we gotta give credit where credit is due, I guess. There, but <laughs> coach, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. Uh, fun to get a chance to learn a little bit more about you. Thanks for your time. Hey, I appreciate. It. Thank you so much, brother. It's Riverside coach Casey Conover.